Hello, and welcome to the award-winning When Survival Looks Like Success, episode 20, which is entitled When You Never Fit In Ever. I'm going to say award-winning for at least the next three episodes because it's so fresh and lovely. So I pass by this monster billboard promoting an entrepreneurial podcast every single day on 696. And knowing that I have this community backing my little old free podcast enough to get it in the top three for Best of Detroit is not just humbling, but really touching on a very deep level. I pass by that big, expensive billboard and I smile my ass off because that podcast wasn't on the list, but mine was, and that means the world to me. So thank you. Today's episode is about going against the grain, being rejected, doing shit differently than everyone else, thinking different, being different, acting different, just being that rogue wildflower in a garden of planted pansies. And if you don't know what planted pansies are, it's like the little flowers that you plant in a row and, you know, you have to plant them every year and, uh, yeah. I mean, good for you if you're planting the pansies because at least you're helping the bees, but still. So who better to join me than fellow wildflower Ken, who works with producer Ray here at Team XL. So entrepreneurs are different. And the title of the show, When Survival Looks Like Success, so often we experience a lot of pain, rejection, comments, and discrimination for being different in every aspect of the word. And I want to point out there's no such thing as normal, of course, like everyone's unique, special, and gifted in their own right. But there is a societal flow that we are encouraged to follow. There are stereotypes. There are demographics. There are rules to follow and paths that are encouraged. So today's discussion is all about not following any of that shit. So (laughs) Ken's already over here laughing. So Ken, tell us a little bit about your childhood and what stands out to you in terms of thinking or acting differently or going against the grain. Because you're a special wildflower. So, like, I want to know when you knew you were a special wildflower. Uh, let's see. I grew up in a house. Uh, it was predominantly uh, workers, like nine to fivers. Um, it wasn't much of an entrepreneurial lick that I could see or even look up to. But somehow, some way, I was always interested in entrepreneurship. Even just hearing the word, it, it kind of, like, resonated on a deeper level. So, I'm like, I started looking to it a little bit more. Uh, at the time I was playing football, so I was, you know, on that football wave. And entrepreneurship just kind of like stuck out like a sore thumb. Like, why is it? I don't know. It's, it's just something about it that just stuck out to me that I wanted to gravitate towards it. But as far as going against the grain and pursuing that, I look at it like this. Everybody wants to go down the road that's already been paved out. I want to grab my own shovel and pay my own road out to create my own map, my own lane. So I think I knew I was going to be different. I knew I was different really early, really early. It's interesting. I always had a really strong desire to fit in with other people, actually. I had a very strong desire to fit in with other people, and I never did. (laughs) I think that (laughs) I was like, why can't I be in like the popular group, right? Why can't I have this big group of friends? And why can't I be with these people, right? And it just like never happened for me, right? And I was kind of always sad about it. And I, what I should have realized, and I didn't because I was a child, but I was, I would study them. 
I would study these people I wanted to be with and study their behaviors and mannerisms and all that. And the fact that I was still never able to fit in with that, despite all that studying, is is really, I guess, very telling at this point. Um, And as I got older, I noticed just the things I was... I acted a lot older than other people. People always said, oh, you're like 12 going on 40. <laughs> like, um, and people would always say, you're like the most mature eight-year-old I've ever met, right? Like, I remember like on field day, people would be like, oh, playing like in the fields and um, playing in the playground. And I would like sneak off to like my grandpa's grave and like talk to him, right? Like, and I had never met him actually. Yeah. I'd never met that grandfather. Um or I would be like reading in like a corner of the fence. Like I just never, that kind of stuff just didn't appeal to me. I was very much not a child, like even when I was a child. And that never really stopped. Like no matter what I was into, I noticed like all these things. And it's funny actually, like a lot of the things that I was into when I was younger are like all popular now. (laughs) I'm like, oh look, I'm finally popular at 36. Um, But I think you just, there are these little things like when you look back that like, Oh, that kind of sticks out of my head. Do you have one of those moments where you're like, oh, that kind of sticks out of my head? Like something like from your childhood or teenage years that you're like, I kind of did this differently than everybody else. I always thought different. Always thought different. I've always been a person to, uh, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. When we spend a lot of time with your grandparents, you start to kind of pick up on, you know, how they, like even just certain certain stuff that they say, different phrases. Like um, like one of the phrases that my grandma said was uh, believe. Is it none of what you none of? She said believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. So I used to go around just repeating that. Mm-hmm. And like people like like you said, uh, tw- eight going on forty or something yeah. like that. Also <laughs> just being around that type of energy, but it has to be it got to be the thought process. I never really thought like everybody else and I never even to this day if I see a lot of people doing something like fast trends I it turns me off I don't want to do me it too. Anymore. I don't want to do it like TikTok it took me a long time to get on TikTok I seen everybody getting on there I'm like I don't want to I don't want no parts of it I'm rejecting it <laughs> I like I have a TikTok I I use it for making videos because it saves my video whereas if you use like instagram reels it doesn't you know that's literally the only reason to use it i have no idea what trends are i've never scrolled once in my life i'm never gonna do that thing where you like dance and point at shit Mm. i'm never gonna probably do like a tiktok trend i don't even know what tiktok trends are like it's never gonna happen it's never gonna happen and i would rather be a trendsetter than a trend follower like facts i think that's better anyways so I guess that kind of leads in, right? Is like, why do you think entrepreneurs tend to differentiate from herd mentality? Because of the, the, the thought process, they think different. Um, a lot of people in society are wired, even the mind, the brain in general is wired to think negative. So you literally have to rewire your brain to think in a positive way to see things in a different light. So I think the entrepreneurs, those are the people that always thought different or seen a way that they can um go a different way you know just like straight away from her mentality all right y'all doing that y'all doing that over there well let me see what i can do over here type of deal i think you have to be really resilient to be an entrepreneur there's a lot of trial and error like for as much successes as i've had 
I've had a lot of failures. I've had classes nobody showed up for. I've had groups no one showed up for, clubs no one showed up for, things no one paid for. I've had whole days cancel, whole events cancel. You know, and so you have to be able to like, you know, accept it and wake up the next day and keep trying something else. You can't just like shut it all down. And I think that resilience is really important. Um, I think a lot of us experience rejection and bullying and like pain and trauma from thinking and acting differently than our peers growing up. But that experience is what cultivated us into our future directions. So what advice do you have for anyone that is currently going through that or even anyone's child going through that? Like if they're, if they're, you see, like they're thinking differently and they're thinking outside the box or maybe they're starting up a little business and, you know, they're in school and people are like, oh no, focus on your homework. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like, but that kid's got it, right? Like that young person's got it or that teen's got it or that 19 year old's got it. You know, like what advice do you have for that? Follow your heart. Follow your heart. If you, if you feel like if you were, uh, if you went to school and you feel like art is what you really want to do or, you know, music or whatever you want to pursue, follow your heart. I feel like you should follow that passion. And once you follow that passion, the right people will start to align with you to help you get to that, whatever you want to get to. The right people are always going to be around you, you know, as long as you putting out the right intent, as long as you got the right intent, those people are going to start to attract towards you because you're all thinking on the same frequency. Then you all become more dominant really so just follow your heart now like what kind of path or trajectory did you kind of have set for yourself what was your like previous path or trajectory to like where you're at now if you would ask me that three years ago i would say i'd be in somewhere in college playing ball but somewhere between two years ago i kind of changed that trajectory when i started the kind of like on the same uh, time when I started my spiritual journey, I started to really, really deviate away from the herd mentality. And then I kind of found entrepreneurship and it's been up ever since with that. So originally it was, it was the football journey, you know, I want to be in the NFL, I want to be in the NFL. Now I want to create my own NFL, <laughs> truthfully. I want to create my own, I want to have my own system instead of uh, joining and coercing to a system that's already been put in place by somebody else. So what do you think was the, what was the catalyst for you to start your spiritual journey? Because obviously going from like, okay, like you're in high school, you're playing football. That's like very, it's a very structured regiment. There's a lot of training. There's a lot of prep. There's a lot of, you have to keep a lot of times your grades at a certain like GPA to be able to do it. And then obviously if you're trying to get a scholarship, that's even more, like even more intense. So like, where did the spirituality come into place? Where, like, what was the catalyst for that? Well, I've always been studious. I've always wanted to know, like, science has always been one of my favorite subjects to learn about. So just being studious um, around my uh, sophomore year, my sophomore summer, I started to just start watching videos on different scientific stuff. I got into that type of mind, and then it just went a little deeper into, like, because, you know, science is like the gateway for spirituality. So you go within that and then I started to like dive within myself and I started to do uh, have conversations with different people about spirituality and it just blossomed like a, like a flower like you was talking about earlier so 
Like a wildflower. <laughs> so I was, my whole life, I was pretty much dead set from the time I was, I want to say like 12. I was really dead set on becoming a psychologist. Um, were you? Okay. So we were on that. Wow. So that was like, and I mean, I read every book, like every book. Like I was reading all these like neurology books and biology books and like studying like self-help books and self-help gurus. And I was like, that was my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. It was in my family that people were doing it. I was just really intrigued by how people thought and the mind and everybody was telling me all their shit anyways. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like I, I can listen to people's shit all day. I really can. Like, um, so I was like, that was what I was going to do. So I do what I'm supposed to do, right? I get really good grades. I end up with a 3.9 GPA and I'm in every club you can think of. And I'm president of choir and I'm in all the plays and I'm just like this all American girl, right? Even though it was kind of wild, but (laughs) I was still like this all American girl and I had like the path, right? And then I think it was my junior year, the governor was like, he, the governor, it was a woman at the time, she changed the credential for like the governor's scholarship that they had established. And my full ride was now a no ride. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, shit. So I started applying to scholarships. I applied to over 70. I didn't get one. I got accepted at every college I applied for, but like y'all had to pay for that, you know? So like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try to pay for this. So I go to Wayne State, register at Wayne State. I'm like, I can work a job and pay for college. No, the fuck you can't. Like I'm 18 and I'm like working at Victoria's Secret and I'm trying to work there and go to school full time and I'm sleeping in my car and I'm just exhausted and drained. I'm dead, you know? I end up dropping out the first semester because, and I ended up like 5,000 in debt while I was working because I wasn't making anything. And, you know, th- before I drop out, you know, the college is like, okay, well, you can, you can, you know, have the student loan. And I'm like, well, is it on my own or do I got to get my parents to sign for it? They're like, oh, no, 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 your parents got to sign for it. And it's like a big loan. Like we're talking like 50K. Mm. And I'm like, there might not be a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. Like I didn't have necessary faith that I had no idea where the career was going to go. I had no idea where the industry was going to go. And anybody that knows any kind of psychologist knows that they're still really struggling in that line of work. It's not like it's a hundred percent covered everywhere. So um, I think it was the right decision, but so I dropped out, you know, like, I mean, and I was, I was definitely one of those people everyone thought, oh, this is like a girl that's going to make it, right? Like, and be uber successful in that regard. No, I drop out. And um, I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? (laughs) I'm like, you know, 18 years old. And so then I I start kind of bouncing around. I go into modeling. And then I'm like, okay, well, you can't model forever. And then I go into um, bridal sales. And I'm like, okay, this is still like, it's cool. It's a cool job. And I thought maybe I'm going to go be a bridal consultant. Mm -hmm. And then I, I saw an ad in the newspaper because I'm old. So they were still running those ads in the newspapers. Um, but for a massage school, and I was like, oh, I'm into holistics. Like, worst comes to worst, it's 15000 That's a loan I can swallow. Like, that's a loan I know I can pay back. Because right. um, at the time, it, they just didn't care. They were like, there's um, 
I've talked about it on this podcast before. There's this uh, category they call the lost middle class. And I was in the lost middle class, like really too poor to afford anything, but like not poor enough for government assistance. (laughs) It's like, it's like where you're just above the, you know, poverty line and you get screwed. And so, um, so I went to massage school and it all ended up turning out and I just had to learn how to be really adaptable. And I think that's the difference with people when they tend to think differently. I think adaptability is huge in becoming an entrepreneur. For sure. Like you need to be able to take like what's being thrown at you, take all the punches like that are being thrown at you. So you've had this journey for like a couple years of like, okay, spirituality, entrepreneurship. So like, where are your goals? Like, what are your thoughts in terms of your own like entrepreneurial journey? And what do you want to be next? Like, do you have any like daydreams you've been thinking about? I've been thinking about dipping and dabbling more on the um, holistic side as far as like manufacturing uh, herbs, studying herbology. Um, I'm plant-based, so my diet is pretty clean. So I want to be able to have some type of, you know, meal planning and diets regimens that people can look at and go, okay, that's how we do this. Kind of like uh, Dr. Sebi when he was giving out different alkaline diets. Mm -hmm. So that's my next, really my next endeavor, just studying that part of it and growing from there. Well, and I will say like, um, you know, I'm vegan. And so I'm in the vegan community around here. And that's something that a lot of people are looking for because while the vegan community and vegan restaurant industry, vegan pop-ups, et cetera, have grown a lot, people are still really seeking like healthy vegan food. And a lot of places in Detroit, Metro Detroit are like fried everything. (laughs) Like, and it's good. Don't get me wrong. I ain't complaining. Keep up with those fried mushrooms. But like, we we need some healthy vegan food. <laughs> we can't have just have every kind of fried vegetable under the sun. Yeah, because I, I just really stopped calling myself vegan, even though I don't eat dairy products. But it's it's a big difference. That's why I just say plant based now, because vegan can mean really anything that's not uh, meat or dairy or, you know, animal based. But it's still like you said, it's still not healthy, it's still fried, it's still processed. Right. Because Whole Foods plant based is a different it is a different type of diet. Like, and so that's like something I think people need to start leaning towards, yeah. but we at least need to have options. I think that is the thing. Like there's, there's gotta be options. Cause not everybody is able, I know straight up like with work, like being super busy, dude, I don't got time to like be cooking a lot at night. So like, I'm just trying to slap together with like frozen vegetables. Like I want to be able to like go somewhere and pick up something that I feel is like healthy, nutritionally sound, balanced, like, Feeding your body, your mind, your soul, giving you the proper energy, giving you the proper macronutrients. Like, I think that's really important. And I like that there are more pop-ups coming about. I think that's a really good opportunity for people. So that's like your next thing. Do you have a name for your, have you picked out a name for your upcoming venture? I haven't thought of a name yet. It's still on the manifest and I'm still really trying to picture everything mm-hmm. in my mind before I can display it out and put a plan together. So, but that's the thought though. The thought is there. Just overall providing that I'm already bringing a different uh, type of knowledge to the community, but now I want to bring health to the community as well too, to just overall restore that, that lost estate, that lost thinking that we, you know, the, uh, the rituals and restoring that ancient way of life. 
I would say that kind of goes back to, if you were listening in the last episodes, that goes back to those traditions we were talking about. People used to cook a lot more at home. like, And so it's that kind of got lost by the wayside in going out to eat, picking up fast food, all that. Like everything's so fast nowadays. And we yeah. need to go back to like the joy of cooking, the joy of simplicity yeah. and being able to be simple. Because that's the health is the key component or diet is the key component in health in general or just even thinking you can't even think if your diet not clean because you got all these different chemicals in your mind that's hindering your thinking or fogging up your mind or causing you to be like tired all the time things that I need that's why I really change, clean my diet I couldn't really think I couldn't act I couldn't do nothing so just providing that type of clarity that mental clarity that we need I love it. I love it so much. So, Ken, please tell people how they can follow you online. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Spiritual K. Also, I'm on TikTok, I am Spiritual K. And YouTube, I am Space Spiritual Space K. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me and breaking down how our differences can be assets and how sometimes the trauma of not fitting in can really be the biggest blessing of them all. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at When Survival Looks Like Success. Take care, my friends.